father was a lighthouse keeper. My mother was a queen. But life is a way of bringing people together. He could unite our worlds one day. Check it out. Arthur is talking to the fish. King Orm is about to declare war upon the surface world. The only way to stop this war is for you to take your rightful place as king. Trust me, I am no king. You do your best thinking when you're not thinking at all. That was the worst pep talk ever. I want to strap in. Happy holidays, happy holidays to you. What's going on everybody and welcome to another great edition of At The Movies brought to you by Sideshow Conversations. First and foremost, we want to say a Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas to you. And if you're not celebrating Christmas, then happy holidays to you. Yes, guys, it is uh, December 25th right about now, so we are recording on Christmas Day, Christmas night to be exact. And today, we're going to be talking about a movie that just came out over the weekend, and um, yeah, I'm excited for it because, ooh, I've been waiting for this for about a couple, good couple years already. So um, let's get down to it. If you don't know by now, it's your boy, the King of the Sea, Val Sisko, and today we're going to be reviewing, giving our thoughts on the film. Aquaman, motherfucker! Aquaman! Aquaman, Aquaman! That's not really the theme song, but if I can just, you know, give James Wan and the rest of the people at Warner Brothers and DC, you know, a theme song. Aquaman! Motherfucker! Aquaman! Aquaman! Yeah! Aquaman! Fish. Yes, um, this movie, I've been so, so excited to talk about it. I've been salivating because I've been wanting to see this character um, on the big screen for, I want to say all my life, those who do know me know that Aquaman is one of my favorite superheroes of all time, and I've been dying to see a great adaptation of the character, um, done the right way, um, 
and not the butt of everybody's joke as well, too. I found that every time you speak about Aquaman, especially when you're an Aquaman fan, you know, people tend to shit on your dreams when it comes to this character. Oh, that's the guy that talks to fish and rides a seahorse, right? You know, oh, that's the guy um, um, who can't really do anything outside of water, right? No, that guy sucks. What is he going to do? Just throw a shark at you? Motherfucker, yeah, I'll throw a shark at you. So, um... Yeah, I've been waiting for this, and even though I had my reservations when we saw the portrayal of uh, Aquaman in the Justice League movie that came out last year, portrayed, of course, by Jason Momoa, I felt that there was still room to grow with the character, even though it wasn't my favorite thing to see in that movie. I appreciate the fact that we got an Aquaman, and um, let's talk about the movie right here, as you seem excited. So let's get um down to the nitty-gritty on Christmas Day, yeah. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Val Cisco, dropping some knowledge about Anchor. Guys, have you ever wanted to record your own podcast? Don't you want millions and millions of people to listen to what you have to say, whether it's about Zeus, whether it's about sports, whether it's about everything that's going on in the world of quarantine? Guys, what are you waiting for? Download Anchor. Anchor basically is a one-stop shop for all your podcast needs. It has creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Number two, it's free. Guys, it's free. There's not a lot of freebies out there, so grab this. And of course, Anchor will distribute your podcast so you can be heard from different places like Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and many, many, many more. You can make money off your podcast, too, with minimum listenership. So right there, guys, like, listen, this is a no-brainer. Download Anchor. It's pretty fantastic. I love it. Hell, thank you, Anchor, for giving me the platform to speak about all the random things that I do. Uh, it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So please, once again, download Anchor. You can download it off the Apple Play Store, the, the Google Store. I don't know if you guys have Blackberries out there still. Uh whatever is out there download it it's freaking phenomenal and you guys won't regret it take care ciao Alrighty then so aquaman the man aquaman man is a 2018 american superhero film based on the dc character uh by the same name and it was distributed by warner brother pictures it's the sixth installment of the DC Extended Universe, directed by motherfucking James Wan. James Wan, if you don't know James Wan, he's the master behind all the great horror creature films that you know today from The Conjuring, uh, Annabelle, and things of that nature. So yeah, this guy knows how to make a decent movie, and you know what? Um, when I first found out that James Wan was going to be the person that was going to you know, bring this character to life, I had... I don't. I had all the hope in the world. This is going to be a great movie. You know, I enjoy James Wan's work. Um, very inspired by Indiana Jones, um, things of that nature. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, very, very much an adventure film. And this guy is a very much a uh, risky filmmaker. He does take risks, but in a good way. You know, he tries to grow as a filmmaker. You could definitely see that he's borrowed a couple tropes from other movies, but more like love letters to other movies. And we'll talk about it as well, too. But motherfucking James Wan directed screenplay uh, by David Leslie. And, of course, helped by Jeff Johns. Jeff Johns is the man. You know, if you guys don't know who Jeff Johns is, um, he is a 
uh, illustrator, writer, comic book writer, book writer. He is a guy that's definitely kind of in charge, definitely kind of, in charge of the DCEU when it comes to the movies these days. You know, as Marvel has their, you know, um, their big shots there, you know, we look at it at a person like like a Jeff Johns who has written the material for the DC Universe, who's written great stories about Green Lantern and, of course, Aquaman. Hell, when they first did their relaunch with the New 52, he was the one that grabbed Aquaman and made him relevant once again. You know, not to say Aquaman wasn't relevant, but he was the butt of everybody's joke. And, you know, we got great stories with the Trench and, and you know, Thrown to Atlantis and things of that nature. And uh, we definitely saw a great side of Arthur, and Mera as well, too, and just captivating stories under the sea as well as outside the sea, too. So uh, a man like this who's written um, definitely um, needs to be by your side. You can pick their brain and kind of acts about characters and lineage. Lineage? Lineage? I'm going to say it one more time. Lineage. I'll probably botched that right there about different characters and the history and the canon behind them. So um, I enjoy Jeff Johns' work. So I like the fact that he's next to um, these directors in their ear helping them out. Um, this stars the man, the myth, the legend, Jason Momoa, who y'all all know Carl Drago and different other um, adaptations as well, too, from uh, Netflix shows. Um, from other movies and things of that nature, you know, um, Stargate Atlantis, you know, people do shit on the on this guy because of the fact that he's a pretty boy with muscles and tattoos, and, you know, I guess that's all you see, but the dude has some range. If you look at Stargate, if you look at shows on Netflix and whatnot, he really, he, he can be dramatic if he has to be. Yes, he could be very lumbering and brutish and whatnot if, if you want him to be as well, too, but you know what? He found his niche, and you know what? Let the dude be. So he's so what? He's not a fucking I don't know George Clooney of acting. You know what? He do fucking is the sexiest man on earth right now when it comes to those muscles and that beard. So fuck it off, everybody. Um. So yeah, rock and roll. He brings a badassery to Aquaman too. You know, from the early nineties. Uh, version of Aquaman with the longer hair and the hook on his hand, you know, that pirate Aquaman almost, he kind of gives you that feeling right there, so that Samoan heritage, that, 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 that curious background, you're not, not sure what his, um, his nationality is, um, it really helps out to give, uh, a different look at a character, it makes him very, very much so, um, different from the pack, from a Batman or Superman, so, um, I like it, I like it a lot. Um, so yes, Jason Momoa as Aquaman, Amber Heard playing Mera, of course, William Dafoe, Patrick Wilson, who is fantastic, Dolph Lundgren, my, my feeling, was one of his best acting roles I've seen him in a long time, um, uh, I'm gonna probably botch his name, guys, so I apologize, uh, Yahya Abdul-Mateen II, who you may know from the Get Down, uh, the Greatest Showman as well, too. Fantastic actor. Nicole Kidman as well, too, playing uh, Queen Atlanta. Um, so many other people in this movie as well, too, that just make Aquaman fantastic. Um, of course, let's talk about the development. Um, it's been happening since 2004 with different people trying to make Aquaman work before there was a DC Extended Universe. 
Um, it really didn't take light until 2016 when we heard that they were making the extended universe. When we found out that Jason Momoa was going to be Aquaman in the Justice League movie, he was going to get his own solo movie as well too. Uh, DC Universe kind of working backwards from what Marvel has done, um, coming out with the actual big banger with all the um, characters all together and spreading them out afterwards. So people were a little reluctant to see what can happen, but movies like Wonder Woman really show that we can make a solo movie without having all the other characters as well, too. And Aquaman's pretty much the same. It, it survives on its own without using the help of the Justice League or, or Superman or Batman. It, it really stands on its own two feet or fins, if you will. <laughs> so let's um, talk about the, the, the story. You know, and yes, it is an origin story, but damn, it's a great origin story. You know, you get um, definitely the um, beginning story from 1985. Um, we definitely see the lighthouse and we see Thomas Curry, Aquaman's father, Arthur's father, rescues Atlanta from um, the shoreline. There's a crazy storm and she's washed up there. And we get, get this great interaction. Um, this great interaction with um, Thomas and Atlanta, you know, this like these two lovers that um, don't know that they're lovers yet, but, you know, different worlds, star-crossed lovers, if you will. And um, it's funny to see her interaction with, you know, the outside world. Of course, she's the queen of Atlantis. So when you see her in the, in the mainland, you know, she's, you know, covered up, you know, with a blanket on a couch, not knowing what the hell a couch is. She looks at the TV and she stabs the TV for Triton. Um, yes, she has her own Triton people. She's fucking awesome. And, you know, just her getting to know um, Thomas and just falling in love with him, you know, them, you know, having that starry-eyed glaze into her getting pregnant and then her accepting the role as mother, um, being with Thomas, and, of course, raising young Arthur as well, too, telling him stories about Atlantis. Now he's going to be the bridge between two worlds. And just that motherly role that you see her in. You forget that she was a queen at one point. You forget that she's a fucking, you know, little mermaid coming out of the sea of a trident. And she's just a great mom. And they use that de-aging technology as well, too, that you're familiar in Disney movies. Where um, they kind of de-age the characters and they look younger than what they need to be. And it, it, it's pretty good in this movie. I, I, I won't lie. Yes, yeah, some parts are a little janky. You know, Nicole Kidman more looks like she has plastic surgery than uh, de-aged. But at the end of the day, it looks good, in my opinion. Uh, I liked it. Um, we go right into, like, the Atlanteans, um, attacking the lighthouse, the house where uh, Thomas and, um, Atlanta are. We get a badass scene of, you know, her just getting to tried it and whipping motherfucking ass to these Atlanteans. And I like the suits. They, they, they threw me off at first, these white suits with, like, water inside of them because, you know, they can't breathe on land um, or just not used to it. And it was just very, very fun, very sci-fi-ish, very cool, reminded me of Halo, reminded me of different other um, video games out there, just these, like, brutes in uniforms just getting mollywopped by Atlanta. So I like the fact that we saw that battle there, and we see that Atlanta whoops ass, and she has to leave Arthur with Thomas, saying they'll come back and they'll take you out and they'll take my son out. I can't have that happen. So we see her say goodbye to both characters, and, of course, we get to see um, Aquaman grow from there, Arthur grow from there. Um, very heartwarming, you know, that first five to ten minutes of just those two characters and Minnie Arthur there, uh, it sets the tone of the movie, 
it is a love a story at first that goes into a coming of age story. It's very much paint by numbers. I will say this. As much as I'm raving about the movie, as a critic, as someone who looks at these movies, it's it's a movie that you've seen already. It's very paint by numbers. You know, things happen. Mom has to leave or per- parent has to leave. Kid has to grow up disgruntled because the per- parent's not there. Uh, all to find out that he has this this um, this destiny that he has to go through or conquer in order to uh, to reach the ultimate goal. And there's um, g- people that guide him. There's love interests, and you know there's war. There's war for a throne. All that stuff happening right there. You know Hamlet at his finest almost. Hamlet meets Romeo and Juliet, very much Shakespearean, if you will. So um, it's very much a movie you definitely have seen. But just not in this light. Not, I will say this. I know I'm going off track right now. But this is the most comic booky movie I've ever seen in a very long time. And I like, I like it like that. I, I, I do. I like the fact that um, it's campy and kooky and crazy. And it just makes sense. Because if you took a very serious um, adaptation of Aquaman. If you try to make him dark and brooding, it wouldn't happen. That only works with certain characters that you can capture that spirit. But this needed to be vibrant. This needed to be crazy and out there and outlandish. It needed that. It needed to be a comic book. And we saw that in this movie. At least I did. So, of course, the uh, movie goes into, you know, um, older Arthur Curry. Um, saving the submarine from these pirates that are taking over. And we get the introduction of Black Manta and his father. Now, I get it. Some people are going to say, but Val, this part was the fucking worst part of the movie. You know, these guys in Aquel, it was very stupid, you already knew what was going to happen. I get you, I understand that. But you know what? We need to build to characters. We need to build to villains or sub-villains. We need to have a semi-origin story for everybody because this is someone's first introduction to Aquaman. So we definitely get to see Black Manta pre-uniform. You definitely see you know, he has a scuba suit and um, he's taking over, killing people with his father. His father and him celebrating the fact that they, you know, they won this... this um, the submarine because of his tactics and the fact that um, they had this bond of killing people and being mercenaries. It really did, um, I don't know, it was, it, was a, it was a bonding moment for these guys. But you really didn't feel anything because you know these guys are assholes. They're like, you just murked all these fucking sailors for no apparent reason just to steal some shit. And you want to have this, like, touching homework moment? I understand that. So we get to see Arthur come in, you know, you get the whole um, fucking commercial scene. Permission to enter. And, um... He busts ass against people. You see um, a bit of his um, his power set, if you will. You know, super strength. Um, definitely, I'm not too sure if this is how it is in some interactions of the comic book. I know that the armor he does wear is kind of bulletproof, or at least it's um, it, uh, things cannot pierce it um, because of the fact that it's so strong. It's that that little orange outfit that he wears. But I didn't know that his skin, and maybe this is a different iteration or um, different parts of the comic books. I've seen Aquaman get cut a million times, but maybe in this iteration, his actual skin is um, so hard it can't be pierced by metal or bullets or whatnot. So I found that a little jarring, a little, little too comic booky, kind of like Superman almost, but I didn't mind it whatsoever. It kind of sets the tone that he's a different breed. You know, he's a Lantean, so of course he's going to have different skin, the different textures on skin. That's going to allow him to have these abilities. So that was pretty cool. Um, 
get the whole origin scene of, you know, um, being the crap out of Black Manta, um, um, you get him basically taking out his father, um, there's a point where he could save his father, but he doesn't, and, um, of course, Black Manta has to leave his father to die, and, of course, that's where you get the rage and the build-up that he hates Aquaman so much. You get a little dialogue between both of them saying that you must have heard of me. I've been robbing every, you know, ship out there. You know, they call me Manta. Um, blah, 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 blah. And Aquaman's like, I don't know who you are, but you need to stop your shit already. So, I, I guess there was, like, some kind of backstory that they were trying to build. But, of course, Aquaman's just like, whatever, dude, fuck off. Just don't rob shit anymore. Um... Could have been acted better, maybe. Could there have been more chemistry, maybe. But it was set in the tone. I get it. It was set in the tone. There was some bad dialogue. Damn you, damn you. But I don't know. I enjoyed it for what it's worth. I thought it was pretty cool to see that little origin story. Yeah, he he kind of let his father die. He could have saved his father. Um, but, the, you know, Aquaman let the sea take him, let the sea judge for his sins. So um, I enjoyed it. Of course... Um, it does give you some more stories going along there. It gives you some stories with his father and how he's very disgruntled about his mother leaving and she's possibly dead and his father keeps on waiting for her by the dock. He's going to wait for the rest of his life because his mom's dead and he's a foolish man for doing so. You get the introduction of Mera who comes out of nowhere, which is a little weird, but it was not that bad. She just pops out of the sea in a whole uniform. Hot as hell. Fucking Amber Heard and that, that red hair. Ugh. Lord, give me some herd. Herd, you heard? Oh, <laughs> you know, but at the end of the day, um, I found her pretty fun. You know, was she like um, the freaking Helen Hunt of this generation? Maybe not, but, you know, for what it's worth, she acted well. She has some great dialogue with Aquaman, with Arthur, and I'm um, trying to convince him that he needs to come back to his world to, um, to confront his brother, his half-brother, Orm. Uh, because he's looking to strike war against the, the land civilization. Aquaman's like, ah, that's not my people. You guys took my mom. You know, you probably killed her. You guys don't even want me. Fuck off, that's your own problem. So, of course, you go back to Atlantis. Which is, well, not back to Atlantis. We get to see Atlantis. We get to see Orm, played by um, Patrick Wilson, who played a fantastic job in this movie. Patrick Wilson, you know what, guys? I give him so much credit where credit's due. This guy really knows how to really, I don't know, just bring out a character. Whether it's his stoic look, whether it's his creepy st smile, whether it's his, his um, need to be in-depth with the character. I feel that Patrick Wilson really knows how to get inside the mind of whoever he's playing. You may know him as um, Night Owl. Um, from The Watchmen and different other movies as well too but you know this guy has played this character so well the brother who's privileged and um, disgruntled by his mother's action as well too but just wants power very power hungry yes you're gonna see that from other movies as well too the power hungry brother and the other brother has to you know challenge him kind of like you know Mufasa and Scar almost or, or Scar and Simba, in a way. That's a little better analogy right there. I don't know. What have you. Um, I thought that he came across a badass as Orm, a.k.a. Ocean Master. Um, I felt that his inclusion with other characters, like, um, like Dolph Lundgren, who plays 
uh, another king of that universe as well, too. Dolph Lundgren, fantastic in this movie, you know, uh, very well spoken in this movie, um, looks very regal in this movie as well, too. I love the fact that we, we get this, um, this character who's very different from other movies that Dolph Lundgren has played. So I like it a lot. I absolutely love it. Um, we get other characters like William Dafoe, who's like the, the liaison, or in a way, to um, King Orm, who's also been training Arthur throughout the years as well, too, to take on Orm. So, you know, a little bit of double agency happening in this movie. I like that as well, too. Anyway, I think I gave you enough of the movie right there for you guys to see. It kind of souls you right there. You get the whole brother-brother dynamic. You get some hot girls with red hair and green suits. You get some Momoa, you know. You get the Samoa Momoa in your, in your bloodstreams in this movie. You get some Patrick Wilson with some excellent, excellent, excellent dialogue in this movie. I feel like that alone should sell you enough to watch this movie. If not, the costumes are fucking amazing. We get an awesome Black Manta costume. By the by, straight up, big ass helmet, big ass eyes, jetpack, swords, wreaking fucking havoc all over the world. It was great. His interaction, the second interaction he has with Aquaman, fantastic battle, and it leaves you wanting more. I asked everybody in this whole uh, when I when I got out of theater, hey, how'd you feel about Black Manta? Because he's one of my favorite villains. They're like, man, I wish I saw more of him, which makes you want to see that character again. If you get that reaction from people, you know it's a good movie. You know it's a good character. Um, Orm's costume, when he becomes Ocean Master and has the Ocean Master fucking helmet with the red eyes and the fucking trident, the cape. Fucking great. It's fucking great and fucking awesome. Oh, it's so good. It's so fucking good. Um, the costume design, when Aquaman first gets his that, that uniform of the, 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 the gold scales, or orange scales that are all around his, his chest and the green uniform. He looks so much like a badass with that trident. Looks like a badass and just completes the Aquaman dynamic there. Um, so many other um, character costumes. You know, Amber Heard's mirror looks awesome as well, too. She even wears a crown at the end as well with the green costume. Her power sets. Let's talk about power sets now. Um... You get to see Mara's uh, water manipulation power as well, too, where she can actually use water from every anywhere and use it to her disposable. Um, you see her draining water out of people's faces. You see her, um, when somebody's drowning, taking the water out of their throat and their lungs so they can breathe. You see her um, getting wine bottles and whatever liquids inside the wine, wine bottles, she crushes it with the glass and throws it at some people. You see her in the water using it, just making tidal waves and just like tornadoes almost attacking people. She definitely is not this whimsical um, character that needs to be saved. No, she's a badass. In fact, she's more of a badass than Arthur throughout the whole movie. Um, Arthur's power sets as well, too, as we talked about with his super strength, his speed underwater as well, too, and his power to talk to you to the sea life. You know, it's, it's not really made fun of that much. You get one little joke, yes, but, like, the rest of the whole movie, it means something because the other Atlanteans can't do this. He's the only... Um, I guess half-breed that has his power to summon things like killer whales and sharks and manta rays and dolphins and things of that nature and whales. Um, there's even a part where he's talking to a whale and, he, and him and Amber Heard are um, actually running from Atlanteans trying to escape from them and they actually go into a whale's mouth like Pinocchio. He even makes a Pinocchio reference to his goal. I saw this in the movie Pinocchio and stuff like that. So I found that hilarious. Um... 
uh, so many other things we could talk about. We can talk about this, the effects as well, too. Um, the water effects look awesome. The way they communicate underwater is awesome. They have that, just like an echoing sound uh, uh, while they're talking underneath water. It sounds pretty dope. Um, the interactions underwater doesn't look that janky. There's some parts that look a little weird, but it's okay. Hey, they're, they're trying to make an underwater movie, guys, and it makes sense. It looks good. And we're getting there with technology. I'm pretty sure the second movie that comes around, they're going to ace it. But this looked awesome. This looked great while they're swimming, while they're fighting. Uh, the animal life is great. You get motherfucking giant seahorses that look badass. You get fucking people riding sharks. You get crab people. The CGI for the crab people look fucking great. Um... Uh, just like the different versions of sea life down there, different kingdoms. The trench looked fucking great. Um, uh, it's just... It, it just looks so great. This whole this whole thing was great to me. Yeah, maybe I'm a little biased because I love the character of Aquaman, but I felt like they did him justice in this movie. Um, if I'm a fan, I'm gonna give it a ten out of ten. You know, I'm gonna give it like five big tops. Let's do five out of five. Five big tops. If I'm a fan, if I'm reviewing this as a critic, I'm gonna give it a four out of five big tops. Um, very predictable story. CGI is a little janky at times. Um, you're never really surprised. Um, you can basically count all the the Moa bad jokes that are happening in this movie. There's like a five of them that are just like really bad, very stupid. But at the end of the day, it adds to the to the character, I guess. Um, that's really about it. Maybe the dialogue too. There's some dialogue issues with, like I said, um, Black Manta and his father. Just cheesy dialogue or dialogue between um, uh, William Dafoe and um, young Arthur. Just kind of weird as well too. Um, Nicole Kidman's dialogue toward the end is a little weird as well. Um, I don't know. Just there's some parts of this movie that are like. Mm. And as a critic, I, I can see that right there. But as a fan, I can say I love everything about this movie. Whether it's his direction, whether it's like little Easter eggs, even at the beginning of the movie. If you watch closely, what you see Arthur and, um, uh, of course, um, you see Arthur swimming. And you definitely see uh, William Defoe's character as well, too, swimming as well, too, as they're teaching him how to become, you know, Atlantean, I guess, in the water for the first time. Um, you get to see a doll um, underneath this sh shipwreck, and it's the Annabelle doll. I saw it real quickly. I think some people saw it as well, too. It's very easy to see. It's an uh, Annabelle doll just sitting down, creepy as fuck, just on a ship or a rock, I believe. Double check. I know I'm going to see this movie again, so I'll, I'll definitely spot it out. But, yeah, like, that was pretty dope, man. Like, just, like, different things like that were pretty cool. Um, the weapons of choice with the tridents and how they all have different powers and different sets and there's different mythology from this as well too, you know, all the way going down from um, Poseidon, um, handing down tridents to all these kings and whatnot. How like evolution kind of started with people um, from the water. Oh, well, in a way, there's people that were in the water that were highly, highly evolved, and there was people on land. And tells a story about Atlantis, how you know they were very much a, a society with so much technology, and of course they abused it and got sunken underwater. So things like that, like so much lore in this movie. Yes, there's a lot that smacks you in the face, but it's fun if you're a fan. If you're new to the movie, you're kind of gonna be smacked around a little bit. But you can follow it. It's not like janky where it's like, oh, this is too much for me to handle. It's a lot, but in a good way. 
it, it's easy to follow. There's parts that look like they're um, they're copied from Raiders of the Lost Ark with like chases and runs and battle scenes and crashing into houses and fights of that nature. So you might feel like, okay, I, I can relate to this because I see movies like this. The fight scenes with the Tridents are fantastic. The fight scenes in Atlantis are fantastic with the Ring of Fire and then the Trial by Fire and things of that nature. You know, the Kraken toward the end it looks fucking fantastic. Um... The sea monsters look fantastic. Um, the end that just makes you want more, even though they kind of give you everything at the end, like, I won't go too much, but they kind of give you everything. Um, it's kind of like, what is he chasing for in the next movie? But um, it's like a feel-good movie. It's a feel-fucking-good movie. That's what it is. It's a popcorn flick. They're like, fucking badass. Oh, yeah. Everything happened the way it wanted to happen, and it ended on a good note. You know? That's all you can really ask for in this movie. I absolutely loved it. I'm going to say that as a fan. As a critic, I'm going to give it 4 out of 5 big tops. Because I can't be a fan and be like, alright, I'm going to review it that way. So 4 out of 5 for some of the dialogue, some of the effects, and the predictable notion of the movie. Other than that, I think you guys can go watch it. It's a great movie. It's a very rewatchable movie from what I'm seeing so far. I'm just salving just to rewatch it already uh, from fans that I'm seeing um, on the internet in my day-to-day interactions. They've seen this movie twice already. So it's going to be a, a bank hitter. It's going to really take everybody to the bank. It's going to really launch um, Momo's career higher than it was before. So very happy with him. Very happy with Amber Heard. I think they're going to be great with these characters. If they make a trilogy, I'll be motherfucking happy. Um, are there post-credit scenes? Yes. Watch it. <laughs> That's all I can say. Um, but, yeah, this movie's fucking fantastic, guys. Um, one post-credit scene. It was more like a mid-credit scene, so guys don't have to watch throughout the whole movie, but a mid-credit scene, so there you go. That's for me to you guys. Other than that, I think I gave you enough... I don't think I spoiled the whole movie that much, but I did spoil some stuff, so I do apologize. I just feel that this movie um, did everything that it needed to to make me a fan again of the character, to make me want to go back and read some comic books, to make me eager to see what they do with the next movie. Um, Happy as hell. I got my Ocean Master. I love Ocean Master. Patrick Wilson did a great job with him. I got my Black Manta. Looks fucking savage as hell. I got Aquaman just being savage as hell as well, too. Maybe hit Jason Momoa could have gave him a little more character growth. Uh, we didn't get the whole, Woo-hoo! as we did in Justice League. But um, I want him to kind of switch away from the, the beefy guy that hits first and talks later. Uh, I'd rather him be a little bit more regal, a little bit more sophisticated, or just have some education. You know, there's some dumb parts in this movie. There's one dumb part I can talk about right now where um, we mentioned that that Pinocchio joke where he's like, um, yeah, you know, he hid inside the whale so no one can see him. I got that from a movie called Pinocchio. And we get to see just out of nowhere, it, looks, it was kind of stupid and forced, where they're on land and a little girl hands Amber Heard a book and it's a Pinocchio book and she kind of flips out on him. She's like, you got your idea from a book? And he's like, oh, that was a book? I saw it from a movie. And, like, not even two minutes later, 
they're like trying to figure out this puzzle to find a trident, and he's like, well, yeah, you know, I know. They see all these Greek statues, you know, that's Galileo, and that's you know, um, uh, Alexander the Great, and that's this guy and this guy. And she's like, how do you know all these people? It's like, oh, my father made me, you know, my father used to read to me all the time, and he said that uh, the value of a good education is so yada 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 yada. I'm like, okay, so you fucking know about Galileo and all these fucking Greek uh, historians. And these Greek, um, I don't know, stories that you've heard um, from your father, from books. Obviously, you're educated in some kind of manner. You're educated in sea life. You're educated in fucking sailing and things of that nature. But you didn't know fucking Pinocchio was a book? I don't know. I didn't. Whatever. Fuck off. So there's some plot holes there. But I just, I enjoy parts where it just feels more, I guess, real conversation, real talk. and, And... the more chemistry. I felt like there was some chemistry between him and Mara, but it wasn't like it wasn't there the way I wanted to see it. Anyway, guys, that's really about it. Hopefully, I'm not rambling around. Hopefully, you guys did enjoy this. I'm um, Val Cisco. Um, this is my Christmas podcast right here for Aquaman. I absolutely love this movie. I hope you guys loved it as well too. If you guys did not or did, please hit me up on the gram at Val Cisco. At the uh, Twitter, at Uncanny underscore V. And of course, if you want to reach SciShow Conversation, it's both on Facebook and Instagram at the same name, SciShow Conversations. Of course, if you want to subscribe or like or do anything with SciShow Conversations, please... um, Hit me up on the Anchor app. It's a great application. Please download it. It's free for people who want to start podcasting from anywhere, anytime, anyway. Um, it's on every phone device that I could think of right now, whether it's Apple or whether it's um, the um, Android devices. So get that. Um, you can do it on Apple Podcasts as well, too. Give me a subscription or maybe a comment or two saying, you know, Val, you're fucking horrible or Val, that was fun, that was cool. Anything, anything at all. Um, Or the Spotify, give me a like, give me a listen. See what we do from there, okay? I appreciate all the love. I appreciate all the time that um, you're giving me right now to listen. And hopefully um, I'll see you in the new year. I'll definitely make a couple more before the year's up right now. We we have a good, I want to say a good week. So, um, yeah, you'll definitely hear my voice again. Anyway, guys, that was Aquaman. And, guys... Have a merry motherfucking Christmas. Have a happy new year. Yeah. Yeah. Feliz Navidad. And the happy Hanukkah. And the Kwanzaa. And the Three Kings Day. And all the days right there. And if you're an atheist, just happy day off, I guess. If if you have a day off. And if you're working, thank you for being a great citizen. Anyway, guys, I'm out of here. Get your head out of gutter, but keep your eye on the side.